views expressed on the following program of those of its hosts and participants in no way reflect those of the staff or management of WNRI. Authors Hour. Get the story behind the story. It's all on the Authors Hour. You'll get to hear the authors talking about their books and the journey behind how it all began. Join the opportunity to hear the insights on what inspired them to write it. Now, here is your host, Wayne G. Barber. Thank you, Roger. And good morning, America. It looks like it's Tuesday morning, 9.05. And you know what that means. Another award-winning Authors Hour radio program. And thank you for the Word Called podcast. The numbers are going through the roof. I was never aware of how much traction is out there right now, people listening to podcasts. And our IT department's doing a fantastic job. And my three programs at the Station with Personality are available on anchor.fm slash Wayne dash Barber. We have a three-time author on the air today with us. He's on the hold right now, Stephen Joseph. Going to be talking about his latest work. And also we have some PSAs to announce, but we have to pay just a little bit of the bills. Please enjoy. Harvest Moon Health Foods, Route 21, Unit 4, Colonial Plaza in Putnam, Connecticut. 860-928-2352. Healthy foods for a healthy lifestyle. Gluten-free products. Over 100 dried herbs, nuts, and seeds. Healthy snacks. Help your body to reinforce its immune response. Hemopathic and herbal allergy relief. We stock quality brand manufacturers, including Against the Grain, Rudy's, Nature's Plus, Batlane's Organic Oils, Food for Life, and so much more. Natural honey and organic coconut sugar, raw milk. Elderberry for flu remedies. Consumer-friendly hours on Monday through Wednesday, 10 to 6 p.m., Thursday to Saturday, 10 a.m. to 5 p.m., and Sundays, 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. Harvest Moon Health Food. Net, Unit 4, Colonial Plaza, Putnam, Connecticut. 860-928-2352. Proud sponsor of Brian Tag and the number 9 in the late model at Thompson Speedway. And yes, Susan, I did get your note this morning. We're running low on natural uh, local honey. And uh, Harvest Moon has a blend that is produced by the bees over in Woodstock, Connecticut. And the pepper bush and the, uh, the bogs there were really prevalent this year. So real nice light honey that we put on our oatmeal every morning. We also have a big sale going on. AuthorsHourBookstore.com New and slightly read books. If you heard our author interview on our Author's Hour every Tuesday at 9 a.m., we will stock it. Call Wayne, WNRI at Yahoo.com for any locator service or a closeout book. Again, it's the new Author's Hour Bookstore.com. Fifty titles on file right now in the computer out of a library of over 7,000 books. Uh, give me an email at waynewnriyahoo.com. We'll make the arrangements. They take another 10% off and get it delivered right to your door. If you are a local author, poet, musician, or artist, this particular business right here in Webster, Massachusetts is very receptive to local talent. 
We're talking about Book Lovers Gourmet, your local independent bookstore owned and operated by Debbie Horan since 1995. Located at their new location, 72 East Main Street, gets it up to about 1,500 square feet now, and they've expanded the children's department puzzles, books, and it's a big growing part of the business. Also, they have Hogan Brothers Coffee. Roger just told me he smelt it coming right down the Blackstone Valley here. I said, well, Debbie must be in early today. And by popular demand, you can also get the Hogan Brothers Coffee by the pound right there at Book Lovers Gourmet. No arrivals every day, slightly read books, 508 949-6232 Book Lovers Gourmet Folks, if you or someone you know is celebrating a birthday and you want Wayne to announce it on his program, just send him an email. His address is waynewnri at yahoo.com. Help make that special someone feel like celebrating with a birthday shout-out on WNRI. Thank you, Johnny Ray. And a big happy birthday today to author Elsie M.C. Kurt from Connecticut, uh, Tracy LaValley from Thompson. See you around the school district today or at the soccer games. Wish her a big happy birthday. A good friend of mine, Jeff O'Neill, turns 47 today. And Sonia Lynn, 52 years old today. She says, don't you dare put my age on the air. Okay, Sonia, I won't do that. PSAs and uh, public announcements and birthdays at Wayne, WNRI, at Yahoo.com. Transportation and limousine services provided by C.J. Trans of Fairbanks. And my beautiful receding hairstyle is by the Worcester Hair Company. And she has one booth, one chair available right now. Very, very rare that that happens at the Worcester Hair Company. And did you see the specials at Little General this week? Unbelievable. Just going to talk about them more tomorrow on Recipe for a Good Day. But we're talking whole chickens, 189. Ham off the bone. Does all that work for you? Saves you all that labor. 599. And I like this as empty nest as me and Susan. Individual ham steaks. Leave my ham alone. 299 per package. At Little General Stores, there's one in your neighborhood money orders, gift cards, and they're all open eight days a week. On the line right now, we have a third time this author has been with us, Mr. Stephen Josephs. He's a first-generation American, a son of a Holocaust survivor. Uh, Must be very, very emotional for him right now with what's happening in the world. A masterful attorney, seasoned negotiator, Maybe he's going to get hired out there in the Middle East right now. Engaging speaker, award-winning author. By God, he's a long-distance runner, too. 53 marathons. Where does he get the energy? And includes five times in Boston and 18 times in the New York Marathon. Good morning, Stephen. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Well, in the past, it was Snoodles in Space and the Snoodle Saga, and now we come up with Cranky Superpowers. How did you come up with this theme? Well, my, I previously wrote uh, A Grown-Up Guide to Effective Crankiness, which is, uh, is an adult book, uh, a self-help humor book uh, on how to be effectively cranky. 
uh, to embrace our crankiness. And um, that was taking things apart and looking at our relationships. This is more, uh, has more filled with stories. I, I call this like a, a, a sit-down stand-up comedy book. Uh, it's, uh, I don't call it a self-help book. I call it a help-yourself book. I find self-help like very passive, like self-serve ice cream. Like you're, you're really doing something. The machine gives you the ice cream. You're, you're not making the ice cream. So this is more about making ice cream and and, uh, and, and being enlightened by, by everyday things and how we, through our struggles, we find our cranky superpowers. Why is time in more effective than time out? Uh, I, I think time, well, so just to give you the story for those people listening, uh, when my daughter was young and, and, uh, and uh, she was misbehaving, I sent her up to her room for a timeout so she calms down. And uh, when I was writing this, I go, wow, when, when I was a kid, I would have loved a timeout. I'd go up to my room and do whatever I want. And... Uh, I tell the story when I was a little kid, I had to do a time in, which was way worse than a time out. Uh, my mother would, would say, Stevie, do you feel like taking me to the beauty parlor? And it would be the summertime and all my friends were going to the beach. Yes, that's what I was thinking. I, I really was, you read my mind. I wanted to go to the beauty parlor. And this is when, you know, we didn't have a car. We were getting on the bus to go to Allison Avenue in the Bronx. And it's a three-hour process where they you know, put my mother in curlers and, and put that thing under her head, you know, uh, that space kind of thing under her head. But you, you learn to be patient. <laughs> you learn how to have a sense of humor uh, with all that. If you're, you're going to spend, like, four hours a whole afternoon, what do you do today? I went to the beauty parlor for, like, you know, 12-year-old kid. Uh, I think that that's probably, you get more out of it than, I mean, I look back now, I get more out of it than probably what my daughter got out of sitting in the room and doing whatever she wanted. How can you recognize our crankiness that we all have at times and use it as a superpower? Well, there's there's so many different uh, uh, kinds of things I talk about that, that you rec- you know where you recognize the crankiness uh, and and you make it a superpower. Uh, I, I have so many different stories, but it, it's like overcoming. It's it's taking on a challenge. Usually, uh, that's when uh, you're probably the most cranky. Uh, I have uh, one character, Mister Schlemiel, uh, who. Uh, he bought a chicken farm. It didn't have any chickens. The chickens all crossed the road to get to the other side. Why did they cross the road to get to the other side? The grass is always greener on the other side of the road. So he sees a rodeo and uh, rodeo, a rodeo competition, $500. Oh, this is great. So uh, he decides to, to enter the competition. And the funny, funny thing about that, we, we always like to say, oh, uh, this ain't my first rodeo. You know, we like to brag. Like, I'm an attorney, and I, I've heard attorneys doing that. Doctors like to do that when they're about to do that brain operation on you. 
And uh, no one ever says the same thing about a circus. Oh, what are you doing this week? Eh, taking the kids to the circus. Oh, you don't seem too excited. Eh, it ain't my first circus. So what happens to Mr. Schlemiel? Uh, first rodeo gets, gets knocked off. Second, third, fourth. By the tenth rodeo, he is on the most difficult ball in the whole rodeo. Even the most uh, seasoned rodeo uh, cowboys and bull riders couldn't last two seconds on this, this bull. And Mr. Shamil ends up 10 minutes till he, the, the bull falls asleep. And when they ask him, how did you do it? 10 minutes is amazing. And he goes, hmm, it ain't my first rodeo. So he had to go through the process of falling down. He had two broken legs, two arms, concussion, teeth knocked out, but he still stuck to it. And he uh, found his superpower. So I have all sorts of different stories. Uh, I talk about this rabbi. Well, this one, I was a young kid. Uh, the rabbi asked, what do we want to uh, experience out of life? And we said, pleasure. And he goes, that's right. And he goes, what's the opposite of pleasure? And everybody quickly said, pain. And he goes, no, that's not it. The opposite of pleasure is comfort. Because if you're comfortable, you just stay in bed, you never get out, you never accomplish anything. So uh, if you think about anything that amazing that we accomplish, so just giving birth, uh, that's not the easiest thing to do. Uh, winning the world championship, being doing anything that you, you put your mind to it, uh, it it's a lot of uh, struggle that you have to do and crankiness and eventually you get that superpower okay now we have a fantastic cooking show here wednesday recipe for a good day and you mentioned in the book why why is it that cooking is the ultimate superpower and i think jeff's gonna love uh, this answer uh i i, I well uh I have to have to say that uh, I grew up with within a household. My mom was an amazing cook, and uh, and I because I really liked her food. I learned how to cook a lot of stuff, and then I looked to learn how to cook my own stuff. So, uh, uh, and I find that uh, uh, you know after a tough day and creating, I mean, you're creating something uh, that. You know, I cook in, like, healthy, uh, like, attractive. I want my food to be attractive. I want, you know, I, and I love it. I just, uh, and the bad day, the, the struggle, whatever I had in the day, every, every washes away. Because, like, look what I created. What Look, I, I made this chicken. I roasted these vegetables. I made these potato pancakes. Uh, I made this delicious soup. And, uh, and, and I could do that and, and then have, and you're invited over to dinner, by the way, you know, just come over to Hoboken, you're invited and just giving, because giving the pleasure to other people and watching other people eat your food, uh, that, that is really, uh, uh, that's a good day that, you know, all of a sudden becomes a really good day to be able to do that, having that skill like uh, and i say in my book no one you know you don't find any uh, book uh, the misery of cooking 
you know, probably wouldn't sell too much, but you have the joy of cooking. And there's a reason uh, you have those books, because once you create something that even if you start with recipes, I don't really work with recipes, but even if you start with recipes and you discover that you could do something, uh, again, it feels like a superpower. What my definition of cooking is the ultimate superpower is uh, me and Sue have been married now for over 55 wonderful years. And I said wonderful. And I read a couple of books on Scandinavian countries, uh, Norway, Sweden, up in that part of the world. And they have cooking as a celebration where the uh, spouses and family members or guests all participate in cooking the meal. Everybody has a task, uh, not a potluck supper, but actually, you know, making it from scratch, making their meal. And when it's done, that you have a, more of a celebration eating that food instead of calling up for a pizza to be delivered or taking something out of the freezer that's frozen, uh, put it in the microwave. Uh, by that mutual sharing of preparing that meal with your own hands and having good constructive conversation with a smile on your face while you're doing it and oh i add a little bit of salt to it oh do you i add a little bit of garlic i never thought of that and you share all of that and it makes any meal 100 percent better yeah, no, that, that's an amazing story. I want to sign up for that. Uh, and one of the things about that sort of meal, that you're, you're, you're with good company, good conversation, good food, when you eat the food, it becomes a mindful experience. And I'm, like, now I'm a runner, I, like, I try to eat healthy and take care of myself, and I used to be a lot heavier. And I remember those days, I was living in Pittsburgh at the time, like the Sunday afternoons watching football, whereas the mindless eating, we'll order the pizza, we'll have the potato chips, we're drinking beer, we're just shoveling food in our mouth and not even experiencing the food that we're eating. We're just like pushing it in. And when you have that sort of experience that you just described, you you. You look at the food, you, you think, wow, this is great. You slowly taste the food. You're not doing that shoveling sort of thing. And, and it makes uh, it part of the event. Yeah, there's nothing better. And makes it part of the event, too. You know what uh, we yes. have to do as human beings, adults, uh, teenagers, preteens, whatever, is to develop the ability to listen to each other. That sometimes can be the greatest cranky superpower of them all, I guess. Listening, just listening. Yes. Just listening and giving permission. To, and that's one of the things I, I talk about in, in my book, Giving Permission. Uh, I have a chapter in the book, Crankosaurus Menopause. And I wrote that because after writing A Grown-Up Guide to Effective Crankiness, one female reviewer said, I wish he was a female. He could talk about the cure for menopause. So... All right, I'll write a chapter on Crankosaurus menopause. And uh, one of the things I talk about uh, 
is this this rule in our house that we're allowed to be five percent insane, twenty percent crazy, but we have to be seventy five percent normal. And the thing about that is that you start doing the math and say, wait a second, Steve, that's seventy three days of crazy. I don't know if I could do, handle seventy three days. That's insane. But it's counterintuitive because if I told you. Wayne, you're only allowed to be 0% crazy. No crazy for you. When you do become crazy, because we all become crazy, you can't say you're crazy. You have to tell me I'm the one who's really crazy. And because I don't like to be told I'm crazy by a crazy person, I then think that you're insane. And then we have one crazy, insane argument, and it, it never works out well. So by giving permission to be crazy... First of all, I feel appreciative. Like I'm having a bad day. I'm, I'm just, it's not, I'm out of sorts or whatever. But I'm given permission. I'm allowed to breathe. Uh, so I, I, I appreciate that. And, and my partner doesn't overreact or I don't overreact if she does the same thing. And we, we, instead of using up 25%, we only end up using 1% to 2% a year. So it kind of works out. Well, I'll tell you, you keep producing them out. This is the third time you've been on the show, and everyone is just distinctly different. They're so off the wall different. When I look for them, I put them out, and I got eight grandkids and four, uh, three or four great-grandkids, and when I put them out on the coffee table, they're the first one they pick up. So the covers are right, and uh, they find it very entertaining. Uh, you're 100% target market. What are you looking for, 12 to 19-year-olds? Well, Cranky Superpowers is really an adult book. It's for the adults because adults need to be uh, effectively cranky, obviously, and, and, and find their own superpowers. Uh, certainly there are stories in there that, yeah, 12 to 19. Uh, there's others, but it, it really is something for the adults to enjoy, the adults to laugh at. Uh, my Snoodles book, that, that the kids' books are, the you know, the illustrated books, uh, that's more for, for the kids. There are chapters that you can read it, and uh, uh, certainly you could think that's a kid's story, but there there's a point to everything. I go into greater detail in a lot of the chapters why this is important, how you could use it. It's, it's instructive and ridiculous at the same time. So, uh, yes, I do have a story redoing The Wizard of Oz, and the lion gets to eat the wizard, which is so much fun. Uh, but I, I have a story on Cinderella where she doesn't get to dress. She doesn't get a gown. She gets a megaphone. She discovers her voice, and that is her superpower. Uh, so, so there's a lot of stories that uh, we like to read even as adults just because we remember them as kids. Yeah. Uh, I, have a, I even do the three little pigs, Inky, Pinky, and Stinky. And Stinky uh, was, in, was attending university and was at a lecture, How to Put Lipstick on a Pig. And, of course, Stinky said, well, that's kind of silly. Why would you want to put lipstick on a pig? And Stinky started daydreaming and thought about building a house with bricks. So daydreaming became Stinky's superpower, and everybody in town was so impressed 
they renamed the town Stinky Town. So, yes, there, there are stories. Uh, there are stories that uh, that certainly would uh, entertain kids, but uh, it, it really I wanted the, the adults to read it too because uh, uh, actually, there's some chapters are more geared towards adults, but uh, uh, but everybody's going to have a, a big kick out of it. Uh, Stephen, uh, I got an email. Uh, again, I got an email here from Worcester, Massachusetts, from Karen, and she says she wants to know if it's appropriate, uh, this particular book, Cranky Superpowers, for a Christmas present, or is there anything vulgar in the book? There, I, I do not, uh, uh, I, I, there's nothing vulgar in the book at all. The okay. closest, uh, just to get back to the, the Wizard of Oz, uh, when the lion goes to the wizard, he talks about how uh, his older brother said he needed to grow up here, and 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 then after uh, and it was cojones, you know, just like you know, like a, like an Italian sort of thing. Uh, and then when he he uh, ate the wizard, everybody looked at him and said, "Hey, you look, you grow grew up here," and and everyone's shouting out cojones. And he goes, ain't it the truth, ain't it the truth. And that, that is as vulgar growing up here. I mean, that's, that's the, I don't go anywhere close to vulgar. I don't uh, I do stand-up comedy. I don't use any vulgar language. Uh, nothing about it. It's more to uh, entertain, but, uh, but really uh, to, uh, to learn as well. So... Uh uh, I have a second email. I think email. it would be a great Christmas present. I have a second email here from Tom, and I had to proofread it before I get the question over the air. And he said, Wayne, he said, with today's guest on the intro about the author, you mentioned that he has done 53 marathons, including five times in Boston. He said, if you're available to ask him the question... Was he in the Boston Marathon the day of the attack by the terrorist? Uh, yes. Yes, I was. And the interesting thing about that, uh, I, it was the last Boston Marathon I ran, and I keep trying to qualify, and they make it tougher. But, uh, but that, in that marathon, the interesting thing about that, I was in the first wave, so they have different times, they have three different waves. I was in the 10th corral of the first wave. So they have 10 corrals. I was in the last corral of the first wave. I finished about a half an hour before the terrorist attack went off. And uh, uh, the thing about it is that if I was placed in the second wave, first corral, just like, okay, just didn't make the cut, I would have crossed. I would have been around the finish line exactly when the bomb would have went off. So uh, I was quite lucky. And the other interesting piece about that is that the uh, earlier that spring, I ran the first Jerusalem marathon. And uh, I went to go pick up my number, which was right across the uh, this bus depot. And... I was with my daughter. We made a wrong turn, went, ended up in the old city, and uh, a bomb went off and killed about three, four people uh, at the bus depot. 
and the interesting thing about that is that the marathon went on the next day. They actually got only a small, a small little article in the Jerusalem Post. It wasn't wasn't even a major story, which was incredible to me. Uh, and then having having two having seen that kind of terrorism attack twice in two marathons in one year is kind of crazy. How does that leave an impression in your mind? Uh, do you have nightmares now or flashbacks? How has it affected you mentally? No, no. Uh, uh, it, it really, I mean, obviously if I was there exactly when a bomb went off, that would have been terrifying. If I was, uh, if I was, th- thankfully, if I, like I'm not, I wasn't there, I wasn't injured, uh, I remember I could tell you as a kid growing up in the Bronx, I got attempted mugged three times in two days, and uh, by the third third time, it's it's too long a story to get into all the details. But the third time they poured like orange orange drink on my my head. I was like twelve years old, and I was cracking up. <laughs> I just my my friends were kind of terrorized, and I ended up finding it funny that, like, what's the odds of, you know, getting mugged three times in two days? Uh, I, you know, you look back, uh, and and I'm 62, and, and I just wrote a blog, Bad Day Cranket Stories. You think about growing up as a kid, I, I talk about, when I grew up in the Bronx, and you think about how crazy this is compared to now. Now you go into a stadium, you have to put your back through an x-ray machine back then they had this day called bat day where you hand out 60,000 bats yep. Yep. to you know basically you're handing out 60,000 weapons in the south bronx yep. and half of them get inebriated you know you go in line to the bathroom and people are holding a bat in, the, in the, one hand and the beer in another i could tell you nobody cut the line in the bathroom <laughs> when everyone's holding bats in their hands so what, what a great joke that was. <laughs> Nobody cut the Yeah, line. no, it's... it's I love yeah, that. it's funny how, how times have changed. Yeah, uh, but and, you've uh, seen a lot of this world, and I'll tell you, I, I think I could have you on the radio for about three hours. So many stories are so, so entertaining. Uh, when talking with Stephen Joseph, and the name of the book is Cranky Superpowers, Life Lessons Learned from the Common Crankosaurus Chronicles and other books. Uh, website uh, for purchases of your books? Uh, you could, well, it, you can always go to my website, stephenjosephauthor.com, Amazon, Barnes & Nobles. Uh, it's, it's all over the place. Uh, uh, you'll be able to find it. Are you planning on coming through New England on a book signing tour? Uh not planned, but hey, if somebody invites me, I, I, I love, I used to go up to Block Island every summer. Um, it's, it's, it's a wonderful place. I love uh, going up to Boston, especially when, you know, I used to run the marathon there. So if, if I get an invite, I'm there. Keep writing the books. I really enjoy them. Thank you. Well, thank you for having me. Okay, bye-bye. What an interesting uh, author. Just a little bit different. You know who's open today? Cereal's Pizza Rima and Restaurant. And Jimmy said, yep, we're extending 
the 15-slice large cheese pizza, and that's a rectangle pizza on a nice cornmeal crust. Specials on today. Also, catering is still going strong. He'll customize a menu for you. And also, uh, let me see, one server. They're looking for one server in now, experienced server for the weekends, and one part-time driver. Now, they also do a delivery service. They haven't lost an order yet. Uh, 52 years in business. Excuse me. Give him a call with 401-568-7187. Keep that string alive. And uh, also, I stopped there last night. And I got to tell you, they really, really impressed me. And uh, Oscar Hancock was sitting down there being served. He looked like King Tut. But um, if you're looking for authentic Mexican food, not a wannabe not an add-on to your American menu or a seafood menu. Authentic Casa Burritos Mexican food. Right here, seven days a week at 11 o'clock at 114 Main Street in Blackstone. Now, slow down. It's a white commercial building that they share with two other businesses. They're right out in the front with free parking. Beer and wine is available. I tried it this year. It's catering service for Mexican food is fantastic. And Felix says, don't forget those luncheon specials. From 1130 to 2 o'clock, Monday through Friday, ask them about the luncheon specials at Casa Burrito. And believe me, when you walk through that door, it's like you've crossed the border. Authentic Mexican food right here in Blackstone. 508 928 0904, and yet they've added on a delivery service too. One of my fastest growing uh, new accounts, and I'm so, so glad, is who cut the cheesecake? First of all, you name a business that you never forget it, and who does not like a different flavored cheesecake? Everybody's got a favorite, but you always want to try something different. Now, when we started advertising, I used to say 30 varieties. And Dave said, calm down. Let's not embellish the facts. Let's go with 20. And then if we have extra seasonal ones, we can add it on. They've also added on birthday parties and catering by Who Cut the Cheesecake. Where is it? It's right at that brand new Rotary in Chapachet on Route 44. And also, what a wholesale route he's got. You can eat his fine products and try them out at both Beef Bond locations, the Village Tavern, Good Stuff, 85 Main and Putnam. How about Willie's Steakhouse and Sushi Bar up in Worcester? Or the Samba uh, Steak and Sushi Bar over in Framingham? And he's adding on wholesale customers every single day. They, they have a delivery truck three days a week just doing the wholesale part of it. It's really caught on good. And uh, Who Cut the Cheesecake also has a coffee club. They've got a nice fresh coffee pot going. And you buy 10 cups of coffee and the 11th one is absolutely free. Who Cut the Cheesecake? 401-742-9240. I did have a scheduled guest, Karen, uh, for the second half of the show on poetry. But I, now that I think of it, she may be on vacation because she's been posting some fantastic pictures while she's been on vacation on Facebook. So I'll bet you that's what that's all about. 
But I got an email in here, and uh, it's announcing a brand new sponsor. You know, there's getting to be a vacuum on fresh, right off the dock seafood in the Blackstone Valley in the northeast quiet corner. Well, the one remaining really super place is mainly seafood at 3 Bates Avenue in Putnam, right on the side of Route 44. Go past Walmart in Putnam. It's a quarter of a mile farther down the road on the right-hand side. They're open today, 9 to 4, Wednesday and Thursday, 9 to 6, Friday, 9 to 7, and Saturday, 9 to 5. Call ahead if you're looking for a bushel of uh, soft-shell clams or 10 pounds of eels or um, stuffies, um, salmon. I, I got the three pounds of flounder the other day. It was so sweet. And did I say lobsters? They got the lobster pots right there. Pick out your own. And uh, don't be squeamish with the grandchildren cooking them. They'll offer, uh, offer free lobster steaming right on the premises. But call ahead, especially around the holidays, for your specialty orders of uh, stuffies, hot chow, cohogs, for your chowders. Uh, three different types of chowder, including clear chowder. A lot of places don't have that. But they've got white, red, and clear. Uh, a small restaurant set up in it, probably for about 12 people. Takeout is big. Wholesale is big. And if you're planning your own party... You get the freshest stuff here at Mailing Seafood. And that's 860-928-7909. I cannot give you any prices because it's so fragile, especially fresh off the dock. It's what they call market price. But he sharpens up that pencil and what a business he's got at Mainly Seafood. Just up the road on 44. Very, very close. And on the line right now, I think we have Karen. How are you today? Hi, I'm good. Um, nice to talk with you. I wasn't sure if you were still on vacation because of the Facebook pictures and all the postings. Yeah, we came back. Um, I still have some pictures I want to put up because we saw so much stuff. But uh, I didn't want to uh, bore people at some point. You know, you got to pace it out. But, yeah, I would recommend if you can go to Portugal ever, go there. Did you feel safe from the start to the finish? Did you really oh, feel safe? Oh, oh yeah. Um, you know, and, and not only that, but we were with two friends who speak Spanish, which is not the same as Portuguese, obviously, but they um, can communicate pretty well. But people were so friendly. We had amazing adventures from the cab drivers to the people at the hotels. Um, and we wandered around. We wandered in back alleys and stuff. And, you know, it's not like here where people carry guns. It, there's no guns. So um, I felt very safe. And that must have been such an advantage with two people speaking the language there in restaurants for ordering and reading signs and maps. Uh, did you get any tourist maps or anything pre-planned uh, to set up your trip every day hitting like uh, four highlights? 
Yeah, our friends, we had a big meeting back in May when we decided we would do this together, and we outlined which towns we would go to, and then um, we split up the duties of figuring out the hotels. So I took a half of the trip, and our friends took the other half. Uh, we figured out about the car, and then um, our, our one friend, Bob, he just dug into that travel book and found interesting places for us to go. However, we did sometimes do spontaneous things so um it was kind of a mix but we had we had an outline for sure you need a little plan before you go but so many people speak english wayne around the world that you're going to run into people who can help you you know what i mean but you would highly recommend that for a vacation even the unrest in the world today security wise well, and uh, yeah you also- know it was uh yeah i'm sorry it was before the you know we had already planned and paid for everything and then october 7th happened um you know the middle east is quite a ways from spain and portugal and ukraine but um my feeling is you have to live your life now our friends actually were planning to go to palestine after their trip with us and of course that got canceled um he has very strong feelings about um the situation and i think he wanted to you know just go and and visit the the holy land and um and they weren't able to do that this time obviously so we're all praying that things um that a ceasefire happens you know what's happening is not going to help two questions on the trip uh the uh, exchange rate for the money for U.S. dollars versus Portuguese, what uh, type of value, what do they use over there for monetary uh, uh, pieces? Yeah, they, they use the euro, and um, I think that the dollar right now is, is fairly strong compared to that. I think that it's a little bit better of an exchange rate for them. So, for example, um, I think I'm right about this, $1,500 gets you 13 hundred uh dollars worth of euros yeah so uh, the dollar i mean what i meant to say was the dollar's a little weaker compared to but things are pretty inexpensive like for example we stayed at a hotel for three nights nice place um for 320 dollars wow. for three nights if you go into manhattan you're try to find a hotel for 250 dollars a night you know what a <laughs> you're gonna deal. not stay in a very nice place so um we had good luck the food i felt like food was about the same food and drink about the same rate of exchange um and we didn't buy a lot of trinkets or anything like that we just wanted to go visit you know see the ancient sites and the, the architecture and all of that so well, I really want to thank you for all the postings you did on social media about the trip because I don't know what you used for camera or whether it was your phone or not, but I felt I was walking those streets with you. They were that good a quality. But um, yeah, that was just my just my cell phone. So um, and uh, yeah, I loved it. I loved it. I I didn't even take as many. I wanted to be in the moment. You know, yep. you could take a thousand pictures. <laughs> okay, let's get caught um, yeah. up on uh, the theme of Karen Warinsky, the Poets at Lodge series, the Rose, uh, Rosalind Open Woodstock over in Webster this year. Is the season completely done now? Yeah, the Rose, Rose Room and Rosalind Park for 2023, those are completed. But we have some fall events going on at the Vanilla Bean Cafe, which is in Pomfret, Connecticut. Right at the intersection, right, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's right over the, you know, Woodstock border. Yeah. So actually this Saturday night we have two um, 
poets that are going to read there. And those shows start at 7 p.m. Um, admission is 15, and the poets get paid. So that's that's a little different than Roseland Park, where it's just a free. However, you're not in a barn. You're in a nice restaurant. Yeah. <laughs> it's warm and cozy, and you can have a, a meal or a drink. Uh, we also do a giveaway, a book giveaway, as part of the evening. And um, if you have never run into Doug Anderson, he is a powerhouse of a poet and a great reader. His background is he was a medic uh, in the Vietnam War, and he doesn't just write about Vietnam. He writes about everything, but he has a lot of uh, important poetry about that. And Julie Choffel, who is a professor at UConn, she's a younger woman, I would say she's in her 30s, and uh, I have never heard her read out, but if you go online and read her work, it's very beautiful, lyrical, so we have a nice mix there of those two poets. So again, that starts at 7, and there is an open mic, so you can sign up uh, for the open mic, and then we're having one more at the Vanilla Bean, and that's going to be November 25th. So that's the day after Thanksgiving. Um, so, yeah, people, and if people are on Facebook, they should join Poets at Large so that they, they can keep up with what we're doing. It seems like it started out very small a few years back, and we started promoting on the author's hour. And I always get very good emails about it. And inside, in case it rains with the bond for that venue, was just a, a win-win. And now it branched out over to Oxford for a little while with different venues. And are you already assembling a larger schedule for 2024? Is that coming to uh, the venues right now? Well, I've uh, already got a couple of dates locked down at Roseland Park, and uh, Rick Harless has been very generous to us. And so we know two of the dates that we're going to be out there. And if this thing um, is popular at the Vanilla Bean in this fall, and the first event was well attended, we had a nice audience, um, then I'm hopeful we can do some more things there uh, next year. And those would be Saturday night events, the last Saturday night of the month. And I think that's nice because... Um, people like to get out, and uh, it's a nice time of evening, 7 o'clock. Um, the things at Roseland are always in the afternoon on a Sunday, which is a little bit different for some people, but I know some of the older people like that because they aren't driving at night and stuff. So yeah. we're trying to cater to everyone. <laughs> it seems like it's a win-win situation, and your larger restaurants at certain times of the year, they're looking for things to give it a little spurt. And this may be just the avenue for a perfect marriage between the, the poets and the restaurant owners. Well, and if anybody else is interested in the area of contacting us, I mean, I have poets who want to read. So yep. we could easily put together um, shows and events. So have, if anybody wants to contact me, <laughs> have you noticed, I'm available. <laughs> have you noticed an uptick with young people in poetry this year? You know, I have had, we have had some younger people come to the um, events and read. Um, I wouldn't say it's, it's not more than the older folks, um, but we do have people contact me. And sometimes I've had mothers contact me on behalf of their kids and say, hey, they'd like to read. Are they able to, to read? So the events are, are um, 14 and up, ages 14 and up, because we do deal with adult content. Um, so that's kind of where I draw the line. I think that's best. But yeah, yeah young people um, are getting more involved. I think the school systems are exposing them to poetry. And, of course, we have Miss Amanda Gorman uh, on our radar and watching what she does. And um, 
I think it's all it's all good. I have a tape from Amanda Gorman that I played a few times, and it's the ode we owe. Uh, the one to the United Nations that had me bawling halfway through it when the first I f- saw it live the first time, and she blew me away. And I that's the girl that did the inauguration, and she got the three book deal, a million dollars. And I, you know, I gotta give a follow up story on that. Do you know the ode we owe? There is a group in Florida trying to get that banned. Yeah, you know, I think there's um, some craziness has been unleashed in the country on the banning of books and trying to control material. I understand as a parent, I raised three children, that sometimes I felt like they weren't ready for certain things. I didn't let them watch certain movies until they were older, and I I kept an eye on what they were bringing home and looking at. But um, that's an individual choice. You can't make a blanket. You shouldn't ban books. Uh, in a library. You should let the books be, and that's an individual parent-by-parent responsibility to oversee what your kid is reading and looking at. That's how I feel. I Um, agree 100%. We, um, a year ago, went to the Peabody Essex Museum in uh, Salem, and I can't remember exactly the exhibit that we saw, but one of Amanda Gorman's poems was used in this exhibit, and it was filled the wall. It was a whole wall of her poetry, this one particular poem that went along with the exhibit, and it was so fantastic to see that. So, um, you know, there's a place in the world for everybody. Everybody has their own unique experience, and um, we have to learn from each other, and that's what literature is supposed to do. So, Now, I also saw that you have a Uh, new book out. Yes, I do, this year. My book, Dining with War, which I worked on for quite a little bit, and then when I realized... Um, that these poems made this theme. I was, I got very excited because I thought, oh, that makes a lot of sense. You know, sometimes I sit and write things. I don't really know where where it's going to fit. Um, and so, basically, what this book is about is realizing how you know we often eat a snack or a meal in front of the TV, and we watch these horrific things go on, and it becomes like normal we feel like okay that's the world that's the way the world is and then i had some recognition of you know sometimes some family problems that occurred over dinner time or out at a restaurant and it just made me laugh a little like oh yeah you know you're always at war when you're eating you know you can be you can be having a problem and so there's some humorous things in the book too it's not all uh serious but i do have a lot of serious commentary on our culture, our society, and um, how we can become numb to what we're seeing, what we're witnessing. Now, is that new book uh, with your other books available on your website so you retain more of the profits? Um, I don't sell them through the website. Um, This particular book is published by a newer company called Alien Buddha Press, uh, but it is available through Amazon. And now the other two, Sunrise Ruby and Golden Autumn, are also available through Barnes & Noble. So if people prefer to order that way uh, or get themselves to a Barnes & Noble store, they can get those books. Fantastic. But um, Or people can contact me directly and I can get them a copy of, of any of them. Karen, thank you very much. Welcome home. And the next trip, make those pictures available. And your next, I, I got to get a copy of that newest book. That way I can read some of it on the air for you. Well, and if I can just real pitch real quick. So I'm doing a book launch at Book Lovers Gourmet on November oh, good, 4th. Good, good. Debbie Star. 
uh, 1 through 3, 1 to 3 p.m. These are all free. Then I'll be at Tide Pool Bookshop in Worcester on the 14th, and that's at 5 o'clock. And then on the 16th, there's a new um, poetry venue. It's called The Packing House, and it's in Willington, Connecticut. And that one's 6.30 to 8.30. So, again, if anybody wants to come to those, there's open mics at all of them, and um, I'll have the books at a special price. Say hi to Debbie for me when you get over there. All right. Thank you so much, She's Wayne. been a sponsor since day one. She just loves the show. And she says she really gets a lot of Rhode Island people and Massachusetts and Connecticut people. The tri-state region really listen to the ads. It's a great little bookstore. I really appreciate everything she does for local authors. And, oh, she's um, again, so that, that launch is on November 4th, 1 to 3 at Book Lovers Gourmet. Come on out and support her and, and uh, listen to my book. <laughs> thank you, Karen Wierenski. And thank you. Keep writing. Thank you. Bye-bye. Karen Wierenski uh, uh, looking in here. Hey, you know, everybody's looking for a little pin money right now. And, you know, inflation is just whacking everybody from fuel costs to gas to food. If you've been accumulating uh, any uh, recyclable metal right now, the prices have never been higher. You can uh, make the transaction in Clinton, Connecticut, Hartford, North Stonington, Preston, or in Putnam, Connecticut. And by doing business with Ross Recycling, the highest possible prices by the hour. And they're all open Monday through Friday at 8 in the morning. They are closed on God's Day. You can contact uh, Zach over at 64 Tucker Hill Road, right on the side of Route 44 as you're entering Putnam at 860-928-7165. And just to the few of the many things, first of all, don't throw those electric motors or batteries into the landfill. They have recyclable materials inside, and they've got the mechanics up there to do it and laborers to help you unload your trailer or your trunk or your eight-foot box after you get off the scale. That's very handy when you get up at my age. They're looking for aluminum, brass, cast iron, copper, any type of insulated wire. They've got a machine that does the stripping, stainless steel, and light iron at Ross Recycling, right at 64 Tucker Hill Road in Putnam, 860-928-7165. And on your way up, if you want to get some lunch or on the way back or doing some shopping with all the major stores in the Putnam Killingly area, you're going to be going by the picturesque Bowdish Reservoir in full glory now with all the foliage. What a place to have your next meal or your event or that special day. Now, with new owners, uh, the old Pass Lakeside is Mr. Z's Restaurant, Pizza, Pasta, and Salad, seven days a week, open at 11 o'clock. Call ahead for reservations by the fireplace at 401-239-3800. And now with the new owners, they're open seven days a week with Taco Tuesday, 10 different selections, and rest assured, Nanette stayed on. She knows every customer on a first-name basis. It's Miss Disease, Pizza, Pasta, and Salad, 401-239-3800. With the best uh, pastry display case around the whole area. Just one last commercial, and I think I've got an outro loaded right into the computer by our IT department, and I don't have time to do it. 
But Moreover Motor Sales and Larry's 24-Hour Towing can be reached along with Bryant's Auto and Truck Repair right on South Main Street in Pasco at 401-568-6286. We'd like to thank our guests today with a great, great book and Karen Wierinski calling in. <clears throat> Excuse me. And remember tomorrow. Have the best day of your life. Thank you to our fine sponsors, guests, and emailers at waynewnri at yahoo.com and for tuning in to the Author's Hour. Remember to shop locally and to read a book. And tomorrow, please have the best day of your life. Your host, Wayne G. Barber.